0: Welcome back to Lit Up with Low. Guys, I'm so busy right now, so I'm sorry that I'm doing these every other week episodes, but that's the way it is, and it's the way it's gotta be, at least for the time being. I started a new job, love it, and I found my wedding venue. Bumba da bum, getting married in Charleston, South Carolina. So freaking excited. If you don't know, uh, Charleston is a very, very special place to me. Grew up going there every Thanksgiving and growing up in Florida, it was just always such a a magical, special place for me because of the seasons and the colder weather and we got to wear our boots and it's an amazing city. If you've never been, it's a foodie dream. All I do is eat and drink when I'm there, which is why I can't live there, (laughs) but I love going on trips there and I'm just so excited to bring all of my favorite people from across the country to my favorite vacation spot and we'll all be there together and it's gonna be incredible and I want people to make a trip out of it um, I'm just so excited so so much more to come I'm very overwhelmed by the planning process I'm thinking about bringing a wedding planner on we just hired ours and thank God because I just I can't do this I can't do it alone I know some of you brides are going to the same thing it's just it's overwhelming when you see how much you have to do the checklist is very very long and I love a good checklist. So that's my huge, huge update. I hope you are doing well. I hope you had an amazing Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. I really went for it on Saturday and I haven't really been drinking. Um, I think I've mentioned that before. I took four months off just to kind of evaluate my relationship with alcohol, see when I wanted to drink and when I was just drinking because it was Friday and I thought that's what you did. So I am now not drinking in general but there are times like when we were in Charleston where I just wanted to be on vacation and I was drinking then or like Saturday I knew I had a three-day weekend and we haven't really been out exploring Scottsdale we were finally vaccinated and we just went for it and let me tell you I was feeling it on Sunday Sunday was a wash so now I'm probably gonna be sober again (laughs) um but I'm just figuring out you know when I want to drink and I think right now it's probably on like holidays, three day weekends, times where I don't have to just waste the next day recovering. Um, it was nice to have that extra day, so then I could have like what a Sunday usually is, which is just a relaxation day, a productivity day. But honestly, I have so much going on. I just I don't have time to waste on a hangover. Maybe you can relate. So you could probably say I'm sober curious because I'm definitely going to still be drinking and. I have Bachelorette coming up at some point, so any ideas for that too, just let me know. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. I don't know why. I really just want to chat right now. I'm in a chatty mood. I also have my birthday coming up. June is just my favorite month for that reason, my birthday and my fiance's birthday, so we have a lot going on, and I'm very excited it's summer, so enjoy. I hope you have amazing trips planned, and I can't wait to hear about them on the gram. Speaking of, some of my guests are starting podcasts and have been reaching out to me about help, and if you are thinking about starting one, let me know, and we can chat about it because it's been so much fun. Three of my guests enjoy their experience so much that they have either started or they are starting a podcast, and I'm just so happy to see that. I'm excited that I could inspire someone to do that, and if that's you, please let me know because I would love to talk to you about that and just let you know what I've learned in 25 episodes, because we're already at 25. I can't believe that. All right, guys, enough about me. The reason you're here is for the beautiful Ashley, my amazing guest today. She is one of the most positive, joyful, inspiring guests I've spoken to. She's been through so much at such a young age. She's lost both of her parents to cancer. And The way that she just moves through life still with so much joy, it made me emotional. She's just the most positive person I think I've ever met. And her parents would be so proud of the business she's built. We talk about everything, BTR Bar, from the idea that sparked it to coming back to those Google Docs with her recipes last year and during COVID and really just diving into her business. And it's such a young business, but it's already you know sponsoring podcasts like almost 30 and showing up on all these like influencers pages. And I, I'm just so impressed by her because it really is such a young business, but her bars are incredible and they're so, so clean. They're the cleanest bars I've ever seen. I mean, and I always am looking at ingredients on bars. Um, I'm just so blown away. By simple things like using monk fruit to sweeten them and monk fruit is the last ingredient which you know means it's the smallest ingredient there everything else that makes it up is just real and that's really why Ashley started this was because she noticed a deficiency in the marketplace and we get into everything entrepreneurship we talk about spirituality and connecting with her parents and She's just so inspiring, and she provides so many great resources, podcast books for young entrepreneurs who are interested in starting a business. I love Ashley. I love that she's a fan of this podcast. Multiple times in this episode, she talks about how much she loves my podcast and an episode she's listened to, and she was even ready for that question I ask at the end. So... I know you're going to love it. She is such a sweetheart and you're going to want to order BTR Bar immediately after listening to this episode, if not during the episode. So of course I have a court code for you. Lit up with low for 10% off BTR Bars. And you can head to at btr.bar on Instagram to check them out. You can also go to btr, oh, I'm sorry, eatbtrbar.com And you got to try the peanut butter bliss. That's their newest one, but all of them are amazing. And they all have superfoods and adaptogens, which is just what a a combination. I'm so pumped on functional foods. If you're going to eat a bar, you might as well get something out of it, right? It shouldn't just be this sugary fake food that's just going into your body to give you a small hit of energy. It should be doing something for you. So that's BTR bar. You're going to love this episode. You're going to love Ashley. Ashley is inspiring the world to be bold, tenacious, and resilient, which is what BTR stands for and which her parents told her all the time. It's the sweetest story. You'll be so inspired by her. Without further ado, here is cereal snacker and chief snack officer and founder of BTR Bar, Ashley Nicholson.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. As I had mentioned before, I'm just obsessed and listening to every single episode that airs. So excited to be a guest. And yeah, and I, I'll, I'll take you back in the in the day of when BTR Bar started, which wasn't too long ago. Um, it was a, a couple months ago. We launched at the end of 2020. So we are still in our infancy, but the company, the idea for the company actually came about many years ago. So BTR actually stands for Be Bold, Tenacious, and Resilient. So a lot of people call it Better Bar, and it is a better for you bar, which is great. I'm happy to hear that people are latching onto that, but it really stands for something deeper. And I actually named the company that because it was my parents' personal mantra, and the company is is a tribute to them. So you know, over five years ago at this time, uh, my parents were diagnosed with rare forms of cancer. And around the same time, they were both diagnosed and I became their caretaker. So as their primary caretaker, working full time, I'm originally from New York, so we're, we're all native New Yorkers. So I was in the middle of Manhattan and, you know, constantly between running to chemo and doctor's appointments on the subway, I was really, really craving something that was a better for you snack that I could eat and I, might, I could enjoy and that my parents could enjoy as well. And it was, it was just the energy levels were dropping. My stress was through the roof. It was just all these things. And I have a background in biochemistry and public health nutrition and a little bit of food studies. So I was like, let me, let me do something here because we were just eating these protein bars and bites and sugary snacks out of vending machines and hospital cafeteria food is the absolute worst. It's just, it's just crap. So, you know, all of these better for you snacks, I mean, this was years ago, they just weren't, they weren't out there and the ones that did exist still had these ingredients that I just, I mean, you could barely read what they were. And then when you looked at the box, it was basically protein bars were essentially candy bars. And there are still a lot of protein bars disguised as candy bars on the market. So, you know, this really made me take to the kitchen. So I started making these little protein bites and I called them better bites and I would bring them to the hospital and my parents loved them. I was enjoying them and the doctors and nurses, everyone loved them. And that was kind of the first idea and iteration of BTR bar, which it's, you know, very different now the recipes, but there is, there's something still the core and the soul of BTR bar is still there. And my parents both unfortunately passed and I, I tabled the idea completely and I just needed some stability. And I actually went to work for a startup and, and startup actually was in New York and we moved to San Francisco. So that's actually why I moved out here. And I was the first full-time hire at the startup. So I was doing sales, marketing, wearing all the hats. And I just fell in love with this, this concept of running a business and bringing something from nothing to the market that people just loved and and really made a difference in their life and i knew you know in the back of my mind i always knew like i think i'm going to do something with these better bites someday and my father before he passed he was actually in, involved in legal work and he worked in he was kind of like a paralegal did trademarks and you know everything to incorporate companies you know you're you're an attorney so you know all <laughs> that legal jargon where he would come home and be like yeah i incorporated a company today i'm like okay great i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> Uh, but he actually incorporated the company as Better Brownie Bites, LLC. And he said, you know, I really, I want you to do something with this. Like these bites were so delicious. You know, I know that you are this independent thinker. I'm, I'm an only child. They always, my parents always encouraged me to, to follow my dream. And they they both thought like, I think you're going to open a business one day. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and 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 here we are today. So we launched in the middle of a pandemic at the end of 2020. And 2021 has been incredible. I mean, the velocity, the volume, it, it's just, we're really proving that product market fit. its It's been so great. But when we launched in 2020, I was, I was pretty terrified. I was like, what am I doing? I left my very stable job and doing something I loved as well, but I knew I needed to do something to fulfill their legacy. And this was really both the, the last thing that both of them really knew about me was making these little bites and being in the kitchen and eating healthy and clean. And I was like, let me, let me pass on their legacy this way. And, and here we are today.
0: Wow. Well, First of all, I'm so sorry about your parents. That's terrible. That's tragic. I was listening to you on another podcast and I truly had no idea the backstory to this. And I was like getting choked up. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is such a powerful story. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why, I mean, there's such velocity to it too. Like there is truly just like such power behind um, your company. And I'm I cannot believe you just started because I actually heard you as a sponsor on Almost 30 and I, they never have like, you know, companies that just started. So I was like, oh, this, they've been around for a while. Cool. Like excited to talk to her, but
1: wow. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's because it's so personal and I think, you know, my parents definitely put a, a lot of pressure on me as a child. And I think it, I think it was a good thing. It really made me. I was never one of those kids that were like, oh, you know, going to my next science fair or social studies fair. We used to go around the country and I would, you know, present my little science fair presentations. My my parents just loved to be to be a part of that process and they really encouraged me to Dream big and do, you know, do anything to make it happen. And it's really interesting because I thought that the packaging and the, you know, the mission, the story, the website, I thought this all was going to take a really long time to get together. And it really, it was like it was in my head and mm-hmm. it just came out on paper. So it's, it's so hard for me to describe it. And I, I talked to a lot of founders about. The creation of their brand. And that's actually, I think the most exciting part to me is building the brand, talking to our customers as much as, you know, I love operations. I really wish there was someone else in the business to do that. <laughs> uh, Cause that's just the part that it's fine, but it's, you know, it's that day to day, daily staying on top of things, follow up, feeling like I'm annoying all of our ingredient suppliers pretty much minute by minute, but it's, it's building the brand that's just so exciting and being able to tell the story and, you know, share with other entrepreneurs because it is not glamorous. Uh, you're, I, you're all of your other guests talk about entrepreneurship and it is definitely not a glamorous experience, but it's, it's life-changing and I'm learning so much about myself and how I deal with problems and becoming a better problem solver and just so quick on my feet and I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, can you take yeah. us back during the pandemic? Like what made you finally go for it? Cause you said yeah. you, you know, you had this idea a few years ago. So what was it about last year that finally brought it to life?
1: Yeah. So I think, During the pandemic, uh, you know, I was working at, so I was working at a supplement startup and this was, you know, I was working there for a little over four years at this time. And I really grew the company to a point where it was starting to evolve and the mission and vision of the company was starting to change and didn't necessarily align with what, what I wanted professionally. So that was already, I was starting to get a little restless in early 2020. And then the pandemic hit and, you know, in March and everything was just so uncertain. And it brought back that feeling of when my parents were sick of this loss of control. I just didn't feel like I was, you know, I'm a type A control freak over here. I just felt like I needed some aspect of, of control. And I think that since the times were just so uncertain and we just didn't know what was, what was going on, I was like, what better time than to just take the leap? Like this is really the time. If if I'm gonna fail, I, I'll be able to fail fast and see what I need to do to to course correct, and that's exactly what I told my my now husband. We we got married last year. It had a pandemic wedding, and it was twenty twenty. What a what a crazy year. Right. <laughs> I still I think back at the, the all the things that happened last year. We started the company. Yeah, cra- crazy times. But... It's
0: wild because I was talking about this with someone yesterday. So much happened, and yet, like, so little happened that I'm like, yes. did what? Ha- what was 2020? Like, I don't even remember what I did last year.
1: I don't. And at the same time, I think about how fast 2021 is mm-hmm. moving. I like, I can't believe we're in May, and I think about it. And 2020 moved at a snail's pace. I'm like, what actually happened last year? But I, I think know. it was, it was this time where ideas were being born, mm-hmm. and we were just, you know we're sitting at home doing nothing essentially i'm you know did a lot of thinking and a lot of soul searching and this was you know it really just brought me back to the time when my when my parents were sick and life is just so precious and i just saw that so clearly last year again it was just that reminder that i needed you know i think when you're in startup life and you're you're not the founder even though as a founder you know i'm working 100 hours a week you're doing it towards your one goal but when you're working in this in a startup grind for someone else it becomes a little bit challenging because you it's always to basically please the mission of the company and to make sure that you know if you're going 100 hours a week I was on the road probably 3 out of 4 weeks in the month and I was just constantly traveling constantly doing shows pitching the brand and I'm so excited to do that once you know travel starts to resume for us for BTR bar but it really, I was just starting to feel a little burnt and a little drained. And I was like, I, I want to do this for me. And I think thats that was really just this turning point that – this, this is the time to do it. And I actually feel like I was probably even a little bit too late. I, you know, it would have been great to start before the pandemic and to really have product, you know, on shelves and being able to gain that traction beforehand. But I am a perfectionist. And I think that that's, that's always, that's always a a big issue with founders is they're always like, I can't bring this to market until it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some pros and cons with that, but that is why a lot of people come to me and say, BTR bar looks so Like it's been around for years because I really, I knew I needed to nail the packaging. I knew I wanted to get the website right. And I wanted to do this all right. So we wouldn't have to do a ton of refreshes because I also know what that looks like and how costly that could be as well. So I really, you know, got like five years of work done in four months.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, what's so impressive. I've, you know, I've spoken to so many entrepreneurs now and like so many of them have changed their names, completely changed the packaging. Like, and here you go. I mean, yours looks like it's, I see it behind you. It's so professional. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you so much. yeah, of course. Um, so when you were like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Did you go back to the recipe that you had been making at the mm-hmm. hospital or was it something new? Yep. That's
1: exactly what I did. So mm-hmm. I really like, I dusted off these Google docs. I mean, that's really what they were literally just Google docs went back and the core of the recipe was nut butter. So that was the great piece is like, we're still using nut butters. I was using superfoods and adaptogens. And then the first thing I needed to do was I knew I needed to take my recipe from the kitchen and take it to a co-packer to be able to scale that more efficiently. And then I also have a lot of context in the space as well. So I was able to work with a food scientist. We work with a personal chef. And then I also knew I wanted to recruit a team of registered dietitians and nutritionists to taste test and kind of be that like the first people to demo the product and really, you know, give feedback about things that they would change. And yeah, that's why all of our recipes are registered dietitian approved. And that's something we're really proud of. Um, but yeah, I went back to those original recipes because so I, you know, I have this, this background in, in basically food chemistry and it was really, really cool to be able to do something again in the kitchen because I just, I haven't been in the kitchen since that time Cause I was constantly at this startup, just grinding on my computer all the time. And in my own health was taking, it was definitely taking a toll too. it was just taking a back seat and to be back in the kitchen doing something for my own business and my own health just felt so good. And to be able to eat a protein bar again, that I actually trusted and could eat as a snack anytime that I want during the day felt really nice. So, yeah, so I went back to those recipes and refined them and really tweaked things and yeah, and then we were able to, to bring the product to market in late September, early October, like a very, very small batch and got a bunch of feedback and iterated really quickly. So I actually changed one of the recipes. We had this dark chocolate brownie bar, which is amazing. And it was good as it was, but it just, we got some feedback from people who were like, oh, it's a little too dark chocolatey. And it is a dark chocolate brownie. So I, I was going for that, but I was like, you know what? You're right let's, let's tweak this up a bit. So all it really required was just moving some cashew butter into almond butter and just to make it a little bit creamier, adding a little more vanilla extract. And now it tastes like a fudge brownie and it's, uh oh, it's so, mm-hmm. so good. That second version. So we were able to reiterate and, and bring that to market in 2021. So really now all the flavors are like on point, the recipes are ready to go. So our official start was really in January.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. And how did you make sure you really set yourself apart from all the other bars on the market?
1: Oh my goodness. Sometimes when I talk to people and I'm like, so, okay, so I'm the, I'm the founder and the chief snack officer of a protein bar company. And I usually say a snack company because we are going to evolve into the snack space a bit more, Mm -hmm. but right now we have protein bars and I can literally feel people roll their eyes like, oh, another protein bar, seriously. So the way that we differentiate ourselves, and this was so important, this is what I actually worked on the most because I knew I wanted it to check the right boxes for I don't want to say everyone because everyone digests food differently, but I really wanted to go for, instead of when people say, Oh, you should be niching down. I wanted to make sure it was going to hit the, the non-negotiables of people who eat clean, who mm-hmm. take their bar and they turn over the products. They look at the ingredients and I was not going to literally negotiate on anything. So when I went to my co-packer and the first thing they said was, okay, so you want this flavor. So we're going to add this natural flavor. And I was like, no, we're not adding natural flavors. And they've never created a bar before that didn't have natural flavors and most bars on the market have natural flavors in there. So I was like, it has to be fully transparent. Natural flavors are just not, it's totally fine. Like, I mean, I still eat products that have natural flavors in them, you know, from time to time, but I knew that if it was something that was my product and my stamp of approval, natural flavors could not, be on that ingredient list because there's like 50 other, hundred other chemicals and solvents that go into using natural flavors. And I really just wanted it to be super pure and clean. So the non-negotiables for me was that the bar had to be plant-based. So they're all hundred percent vegan. However, that there's a lot of vegan bars on the market. What else could we do? And this, this concept of a protein bar with a purpose is what really was sticking with me, especially as I go back to my story. You know, when I was in the hospital with my parents, I was going through these different I guess, mood swings, you would say, you know, where my energy levels were dipping, my stress levels were through the roof, like I just felt like I needed something to regulate that stress. And at the time, I was taking a bunch of adaptogens being in the health and wellness space. It's just, you know, five years ago, as, as buzzy and trendy as they are now, five years ago, they were just starting to come on the scene. So I was taking cordyceps supplements for energy and I was taking reishi and ashwagandha at night. And I was like, you know, wouldn't it be really cool if I put this in a bar, right? Like it's already a a vessel for nutrition and health and wellness and people associate protein bars with being healthy. Let's infuse our bars with these superfoods and adaptogens that have a purpose and serve a purpose within your day. So that's where it came up with where the first protein bar with a purpose and each bar is boosted with these superfoods and adaptogens that are all different. So every bar is different. We hold a lot of ingredients, which is also quite interesting for protein bars. Most protein bars in the space Every bar is kind of the same. And then there's like one ingredient that's different, or they'll infuse these different types of natural flavors. We have lots of different ingredients and each of them have these purpose-driven adaptogens to really satisfy a different snacking occasion throughout the day. So that is our really, our truly big differentiator. But then at the same time, we also satisfy this, you know, plant-based vegan consumer that's looking for that no sugar added component, which was also very important to me. So trying to get that all out to, you know, to buyers and to retailers in 30 seconds, I'm definitely (laughs) working on that because we really do encompass this whole world of of differentiation and white space in a world of very much the same. A lot of the bars in the market Mm -hmm. are really just the same thing, just in a different wrapper.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And even the like quote unquote, clean ones that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of like influencers, you know, take a photo with, and Mm -hmm. then people see that and they're like, Oh, that's a healthy bar. I'm going to eat a ton of those, like their first ingredients, brown rice syrup. Yes. I mean, and people don't know what that means, but that, I know that's like very high sugar content. And, Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate that you're, I think you're using monk fruit. Yep.
1: Yeah. So everything is, and monk fruit is actually our last ingredient. So yeah, I noticed that also. Yep. Awesome. So it, it, there's, and there's a bunch of new sweeteners coming to market, like allulose is one of them. And I just need, and we're, we're not using allulose or sugar alcohols or stevia or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So monk fruit is something that, I mean, literally comes from a plant. So I, I, I know exactly where it's coming from. I know our ingredient supplier. That's so critical. You know, we really try to source from carbon zero certified suppliers, B Corp certified suppliers as much as possible. So like all of these things in the process were really, really important to me before bringing the mar- bar to market. That's the perfectionist in me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, if you're going to eat a snack, like it might as well be clean. Like, why do you need to eat all this extra stuff? Like natural flavors, ex- sugar. And also I'm big on like functional foods too. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to have a meal, like it, I hope it's doing or have a snack. I hope it's doing things for me then rather than just like fulfilling my hunger. Like I, it would be great if I could some have some adaptogens and it's like helping me stay energized throughout the day or whatever that adaptogen right. is.
1: Exactly. I love that you get it. That's, ex- mm-hmm. that's exactly what I was going for. But first and foremost, they need taste is King. So I knew right. that we couldn't, and it, a lot of companies say like, Oh, we don't sacrifice taste, but taste was, is so, so critical. And that's why as soon as I got that feedback on the dark chocolate brownie, you know, and it was about 1% of our feedback, I knew like even that 1% that's going to grow. And I needed to make those changes and make sure that, you know, I love the fact that the bar tastes like literally tastes like a fudge brownie right now, which makes me very happy. Mm -hmm. So we're really trying to bring these dessert flavors to people, but with functional ingredients that they trust and know.
0: That's awesome. And are you just online right now?
1: Yeah, so we are so D to C and that's that that's my specialty. So that's what I was doing at the supplement company is we were I was growing the company direct to consumer. So that's really the, my bread and butter and what I know best. However, my goal is to be in store like I, I, and so many brands want to be omnichannel. And yes, I that's a, a very trendy word right now. You know, we, we definitely, you know, consider ourselves an omnichannel brand. But there's just something so special about seeing your product on shelf.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we we are slowly entering the retail space. So we're starting with, you know, smaller fitness studios and boutiques around the country. We'll be in pop-up grocer in Chicago in April. So we're definitely, retail is on the horizon. And, you know, we're really trying to get to know our customer first, though, direct to consumer. And we're on Amazon and a bunch of other e-commerce sites like Bubble Goods. And yeah, it's it's been such a fun ride.
0: That's awesome. And how do you stay so positive? I'm like amazed at just how like full of joy and positive you are. And you're founding this company, like after, especially after you've, what you've gone through. Such a great question.
1: I, you probably would want to talk to my husband because I'm not positive all the time. <laughs> that's you would probably say um and I I, I do try to have a, a pretty positive outlook um, and that really comes from my parents so both my parents were just oh my goodness they were just the most generous kindest souls just taken so before their time but my father one of his so they, they had a lot of mantras so be bold tenacious and resilient was one of them and it's actually really funny because as a kid I really like, that mantra really annoyed me because it was like, I'm having an issue at school. Like I was bullied a lot as a kid because I was, you know, one of those smart kids and, you know, pretty nerdy and whatnot. And I would get bullied and my parents would be like, be bold, tenacious and resilient, like just get up and, and, you know, Go for it. Make it happen. I'd be like, what what the hell does that mean? And so it annoyed me as a child, but it really stuck with me enough to name my company that. But my father would also, um, you know, say all the time, affect the quality of the day. And I just, I can hear him every time I feel like something is going wrong and there's there's always problems and fires to put out you know for example you know one of our, our boxes right now is is stuck on a train that derailed in the middle of Kansas so we're waiting for our boxes to come in the meantime i had to order boxes from another supplier so there's you know all these problems you're always putting out fires when you're running a business but it's, I try to remember what they instilled in me and that really, you know, and I can't let them down. I think that's the other thing, what, what people really resonate with is, you know, wanting to make your parents proud and wanting to make your family proud. And I think that the company is just so personal to me. So whatever it takes to to make it happen, I'm going to do.
0: That's amazing. Well, they would be so proud, like, especially seeing their, their mantra, like on a, this amazing bar. It's incredible. Thank you incredible. And how um has your husband like supported you throughout all this? Especially I can't imagine, you know, quitting your job in the middle of a pandemic to start a business. He probably had some concerns. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yes. I mean, he's he is super supportive. He is the complete opposite of me, so he's definitely more of the the pessimist of the both of us. And he'll be the one that kind of like brings me back to life when I have these big dreams and ideas, and more of the realist. And he was actually, um, and he's still furloughed. So this has definitely been challenging for us. Uh, we've had to get really creative. Uh, you know, over the years, I've been super. <laughs> super frugal and really trying to save, because I just knew that I was going to do something at mm-hmm. some point. So I, you know, we both have been very, very frugal. We negotiated our rent. There's so many things that we did to, to make this happen, but it's, it's definitely challenging because he, you know, is supportive of the business and supportive of my dreams and what, what, you know, what I can do with this. And I think that it was finally this year when we're seeing all of the customer feedback and, you know, customers writing to us every day saying, You know, my daughter eats two to three bars a day and like we, you know, she's got IBS and she's got this autoimmune disorder and she literally can't eat any other snacks and we love BTR bar. So, you know, we're a fan and a customer for life. It's those emails that we get every day that really just makes us keep going. And, you know, my husband, I'm trying to hire him. He, um, he's, he's, it's really funny. He's like, I never wanted to start a business. So this is your thing. Like, enjoy it. I'm going to support you, but he helps me with logistics and some of the operational side of the business as well. And I think he's really enjoying it secretly. He'll, he'll come to me at night and be like, Oh, I just researched this new machinery. Like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I think you actually want to work for BTR bar. So maybe one day. So
0: that's awesome. That's really sweet. How did you guys meet? I love those stories.
1: Oh goodness. Yeah. So we've been together for over five years. We met at, we met at a gym. So I am a former personal trainer. I still NASM certified, but I, I worked at crunch in Manhattan in one of the most busy locations in Manhattan and union square. And, and I met him there. He was, uh, yeah, he, was always at the gym. He still is always at the gym working out seven days a week. I do not work out seven days a week anymore. Now I'm lucky if I get a walk-in once a day. Um, but yeah, we, we met at the gym. He was deadlifting in my spot and I asked him to move. <laughs> and that was, and it's, it's history. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> wow. You never know.
1: <laughs> so true. So, and I know you're getting married this year as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we're engaged. Um, and we actually, yeah, we met in law school. So Love it. Love it. Uh Mm -hmm. So I don't know how we're going to um, plan this wedding, but I mean, maybe you have some tips. Like you said, you had a pandemic wedding.
1: We did. So we, we actually eloped. And this is another example of, of our frugality a bit, Um, we are, our entire family and all of our friends are pretty much based on the East Coast. So we decided to do a Zoom wedding and we, you know, one of my best friends is based out here on the West Coast and, you know, we've got some really good family friends here as well. So we've had six people at our wedding and we did it at the beach, which was, it was Great. beautiful. We got married on Baker Beach and the key for us was actually having our dog there. So our dog, <laughs> rescue dog, a uh, little pit bull Weimaraner mix. His name is Bubba. There's a picture of Bubba. But in the background, he is Aww. literally my life. Like my child, literally it's him in the business. That's, that's all I think about all the time. And he last year was diagnosed with cancer oh and God. it's, I, I can't, I, the C word is just not allowed in our house anymore. <sighs> we, you know, we did everything possible to save his life. So we actually, he had his had to have his leg amputated. And then we, he, then he was cancer free. So we were able to get married. He was at the wedding. He was able to hold the rings. It was, it was adorable. And just a couple months ago, he was re-diagnosed with cancer. So we're literally fighting that battle again. He's going through chemo radiation. So everyone around me, I'm just like constantly thinking about this concept of being bold, tenacious, and resilient in every aspect of my life. And if we can do it there and I am constantly being this caretaker then I can run a business. So that's really what it comes down to. I, I think about like, if I could take care of my parents and, you know, watch them be with them when they passed, and, and literally just, you know, have that honor, then I can, you know, email whole foods and, and try to get our products in there. So that's, yeah. that's how I'm thinking about life right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. You can do anything. I mean, going through that, it's just a testament to how precious life is too. And um, I've heard stories of people who like they were hit by a car or they, Mm -hmm. you know, have like a life threatening illness. And then that's when they go for their dreams. In your case, people like the closest people to you passing away. Like, I can't think of a a reason why though we have to go through these experiences. Like I wish Mm -hmm. more people didn't have to go like get so close to death to realize like they can just do anything they want.
1: And I I love that you said that because at the core, You know, I, I come back to this, you know, our, our mission is to end mindless snacking, right? We want people, we want to give this new meaning to snack time and make people feel like snack time is, is my favorite time of the day. Like I'd rather eat five snacks than eat a meal. So, and I know a lot of people that would rather do that too. And we want people to feel comfortable being able to eat snacks whenever they want, because it's something that's delicious. It curbs their cravings and it makes them feel good. You know, I, I also love to eat cookies, but you know that after a while, that's going to make me feel like crap. But at the core, I really want people to just know this, this concept of being bold, tenacious and resilient, no matter what's happening in your life. So, you know, for me, I think, I think I played things very, very safe. And then when, you know, when my parents were diagnosed, I remember those moments. I mean, they're just life-changing moments when everything, nothing is the same anymore everything has just completely changed and your world is just upside down and it's, you know, you need to make the most of every minute. And I really want people to, to feel this concept of resilience and, and, And I'm hoping that the company is instilling that in other people too. And I'm seeing people use the mantra, which is really cool as well to get emails. Like I I got an email from one of our customers. That's like, I'm going to remember to be bold, tenacious, and resilient. I almost cried a bit because that my, my father, my father was really the one who coined the mantra because he was just these, the sage and the, and the king of all these little witty sayings and phrases. He would just be so, so proud that someone's using that.
0: Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. it's Totally (laughs) thing. Um, I think I heard you talk on this other podcast about being spiritual and like feeling your parents are talking to you. Do you like get signs from them?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. And I ask for them. So I definitely, I'm, you know, I like to identify myself. I'm very spiritual. Um, I, you know, a lot of my friends in the space where, you know, we're, we're always thinking about what my parents could be saying. You know, one of my best friends is, is based in San Diego and she's got a pendulum and like, you know, so I really tried to, you know, embrace it as much as possible and I talk to my parents all the time. So literally it's like, I feel like I'm calling them on the phone and I I ask for signs and messages and, you know, I run the business. I'm very data driven. I, you know, I have a background in business. So I, you know, run a business previously. So I, I understand what it, it means to listen to the numbers and really make sure that I'm listening to the data. But there are some decisions that you just know is right in your gut and you have to take those decisions and you have to make those decisions and go with what you're feeling in your gut. And that gut instinct is important as well. So I do, you know, really feel their presence though. And it's it's so, so important when, you know, when you lose someone to be able to kind of still have that connection with them and whatever really makes you feel better and makes you feel like their presence is there. So I still have pictures of them all over my office and it just, you know, inspires me to continue to do my best work every day.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's beautiful. I, my grandmother passed last year and we were super close yeah. and, oh, thank you. Um But I, I don't think I'd ever really been spiritual till then either, because all of a sudden it's like. I see signs from her. I'm talking mm-hmm. to her. My mom and I talk about her every day. So it's to the point where it's like it's almost like she's not even really gone because we're yes. she's just so much a part of our lives. So it's it's so important. I agree.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it, it that's exactly it. It's just keeping their legacy and memory alive. And I was so nervous as an only child that that would be challenging because mm-hmm. my entire immediate family and my grandparents, everyone everyone's passed. So it's just me. And you know, I think about you know, that's why I I talk about my parents all the time. And I mean, what better way to honor them than to really, you know, have the business named after their mantra to, you know, have a page on our, on our website dedicated to them. It's really about, you know, trying to keep that legacy alive and and thinking about how I'm going to do that with my own family. And it's, it's incredible because, you know, my husband who did not know my mom for a really long time at all. And my husband was, you know, very close to my father, but my mom had passed very quickly and he, knows her so well. He's like, you know, I think I, I can see Donna. My mom's name was Donna. She's mm-hmm. like, I can feel Donna coming out in you because when, sometimes when I get a little fiery um, as the fiery redhead that I am, my mom was a very fiery, passionate woman. She was a Sagittarius and he would he'd always be like, I feel Donna coming out. So it's great because I feel like I'm, tr- you know, really just keeping them alive and, and remembering them as much as possible.
0: That's beautiful. What was your dad's name? His name was David. So yeah, so Donna and
1: David, and my husband's name is Adam. So Ashley and Adam. Oh my gosh, crazy!
0: Sweet. And where in New York did you grow up?
1: So I grew up on Staten Island. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So the Forgotten Borough. um, One of the podcasts (laughs) I was, I was on. I was talking about the experience of growing up on Staten Island, and it's. It's just so interesting. and Anyone that grows up on Staten Island or Long Island or kind of like that northern Jersey area, I feel like everyone knows that, you know, very large Italian and Irish families and we would have dinner together at 2 p.m. on Sunday. And, you know, it was brujol and chicken parmesan. And you know, I come from a large Italian family and it was it was wonderful. So my childhood was, you know, really stays with me because I'm, I'm very grateful and, you know, understand my privilege to have grown up with a family that I was so close to.
0: That's so funny. You say that my, so my grandmother who passed my mom's mom, their whole family's Irish Italian from New York. That's why I ask. Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful experience. And then I, I went to college, I went to NYU. So I was able to really stay in the New York area. Mm-hmm. This is really the first biggest move coming out to the West coast that I've ever made. I, I worked, you know, I worked in, in Delaware, I worked in Jersey. So I was really like up and down the East coast a bit, but this was the furthest move. And yeah, when, when I had the opportunity to come out here and grow the company I was working at previously, I said, Let, let's just do it. You know, my parents had passed at the point I, I said to my, my husband, I was like, put Bubba in the car. We're driving across the country. Let's make it happen. And, and we did. And it's San Francisco wow. is, is wonderful. We love it, but may stay here for a while. I, I think New York will always be home for both of us. So we, you know, we might go back to New York at some point and settle there, but loving the West coast so far.
0: That's awesome. I I love that you did that because we did the same thing. Um, We moved from New York to Arizona during the pandemic. And it was just like, nothing's permanent. Like if if we decide we want to go back to New York in a few years, we will. But like, we have this opportunity to do this. Like, why not?
1: Exactly, it's and that's why I think the pandemic really forced people to think Mm -hmm. about things differently, and yeah, and now and you're in Scottsdale, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Scottsdale, such a yeah, we
0: love it too. Well, we came out here and all we were doing is hiking, and then in the winter skiing, and we're just like we weren't doing any of this in New York. Like this has felt so good and so right, and so let's Mm -hmm. just yeah, let's make it more of a long-term thing.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. And that's, that's the thing we, we, we know that when we go back to New York, you kind of stay in your bubble in, in mm-hmm. Manhattan and, or Brooklyn. And, and I love it. I mean, there's just something so there's a hustle in New York that cannot mm. be replicated anywhere, but then San Francisco is so beautiful. It's so different. You know, on yeah. the weekend we can, you know, go skiing or we can go to the beach in the same, like, you know, in a couple of hours of each other. So it's, it's just such a really cool place to live. And it was on my bucket list of, you know, live in California and do something in California. So why not? That's
0: amazing. Do you, so do you think you manifested that?
1: It's possible. I think, yeah. I mean, it's very, very possible. I, I, I think back, my father had a bucket list as well too. And I wish, and I think that this is, you know, when you see your parents pass or your, you know, grandparents and you just, you see when you lose people, you want to do things that are going to further your life and and whatever that means for you. So a lot of my friends and family that are back East, you know, it's very traditional of, you know, okay, you, you know, you go to school, you buy a home, you have a baby, you know, it's kind of like that very linear logical progression. And, you know, when you're starting a business, my, my extended family are like, oh, well, but you're 32, like, you know, aren't, aren't you going to have a baby? <laughs> yes. That's that's yeah. coming. You, you can have it all. You can have it both. <laughs> but right now I have birthed this child, which yeah. is my business, which is, is very, it's it, I really feel like it's my baby. And it's something that you're thinking about all the time. And it's, it's just so interesting because everyone has their own goals. And I think it's trying to figure out what, you know, when you're 80, and I, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts, as you know, and read a ton, and I'm actually doing this thing. I'm reading a, a book a week. Oh, my and It's
0: amazing. It's,
1: it's been life-changing <laughs> so far. I mean, it's only been four weeks, so four books in, um, but it has been life-changing, And I was, I was, I read a lot of newsletters as well. And I was reading ink and I was reading something from Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, and they both have very similar philosophies in business. And although very, very different than small and medium-sized businesses, Jeff Bezos had said this, you know, what happens when you're 80 years old and, you know, you think back to where you were in your twenties, your thirties and your forties, like if you don't do the things and if you don't You conform to society, which is totally fine if people want to do that. But if you're doing it just for the sake of doing it, and you, you you're not taking that risk. How are you going to feel when you're 80? So think about every decision that you're making when it comes to big decisions. As if you were 80 years old and looking back on your life. And you know, my father one of his bucket list items was he wants to he wanted to put his feet in the Pacific Ocean, and he never did. So he never came out west. And I think that he would be very proud that I'm here and representing the West Coast. And you know, he would he would love it in California. He hated New York City and the traffic and the commuting, yeah. and he just hate the honking and just the noise and all the people he very much loved to be connected to nature and he just never did it. And I knew that I had it, I had to do
0: this for him. So
1: yeah. So it's very okay. possible that I manifested this.
0: That's really beautiful. No, I, I agree. There's something about being in New York. I could kind of already see what our life was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I was like, we'll move out to Westchester. We'll commute into the city every day. Yeah. And that, and that's just going to be our life. We'll have kids and but, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like almost the fact that it was so predictable, I was like, we have to get out of here. Like, we just have to do, we just have to go somewhere we don't know what's going to happen. And I feel like that's been our license to come out here. Like I've, I didn't even know how to ski. Like now I'm skiing. Like that was something I didn't like see in my life or like hiking. I was never like one mm-hmm. to be on mountains. Now I love hiking. I love like yes. driving to Sedona on the weekends. So like, just like the unpredictability and like the, the ease that we can like drive in all these different directions. We could drive mm-hmm. to San Diego if we wanted to, like, exactly. that was just really attractive to me.
1: Yeah. And I think also and building a business out here too mm-hmm. is, has been incredible. And I, you know, I have a lot of contacts. I have a lot of people I know in New York, but it's just that it's a different feel. And like, like I said, sometimes I miss it. And even the other day I was like, I'm going back to New York. And I think it's the weather in San Francisco, as much as I I love it here, it is so unique where, you know, we live right in the heart of San Francisco. So we're, you know, it's constantly windy. It's pretty much cold, like kind of cold all year round. So it's never people like, oh, you you live in California. So it must be so sunny and nice. It is sunny where we live, which is great. We are, you know, we're in this part of San Francisco where we do get a lot of sun, which is amazing, but it, the weather is, is, is not amazing but the, the vibe, this, this yeah. hustle of mm-hmm. starting a business and really going for it and making your dreams happen. You just feel it on the streets. You just, people are determined yes. here and they're excited to make things happen. And they're friendly, which is so different than New York where it's like people, you know, you have your headphones in, you have your hood on, your sunglasses on, yep. no one talks to you on the subway. And here it's people like wave to you when you're jogging. It's just, it's a really cool feel. And I, I'm just so happy that, you know, we were able to make this happen and excited to raise a family out here. And then when it's time and we want to go back to New York and, you know, be in our little apartment, we'll do so. So I love, I love that you you made the same decision.
0: Yeah, and I agree. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out here and it's more of um just like a consistent thing because in New York, the consistent thing that you do is just like rise up at a company, which is, that's great. Like I, my fiance and I talk about this all the time. A lot of people, that's what they want to do, mm-hmm. but I'm really attracted. That's why I have so many entrepreneurs on my show. I'm really attracted to this like business building idea. And I feel like that is a lot of the West Coast.
1: I totally agree. And there's just... It's, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's whatever you want to do, but finding that purpose. And sometimes you just need to be out of your surroundings to do that. I think that in New York, I felt very stuck because I just didn't know what else was there because it was just, you know, get up, ride the subway go back home. You know, it was just the same, the same type of movement all the time. And even though you know I do a lot of the same thing here, when you're building something from scratch to just be in nature and to have that creative mm-hmm. ability to tap into, and like, I'm going to go sit in a park and that's where I'm going to think. And that's where I'm going to brainstorm. And walking is actually my, the, the biggest recipe for success in my book. It's just, that's where you get your ideas. It's when you're walking. It doesn't even have to be in nature because we live in downtown San Francisco. So for us to get to Golden Gate Park, it's a little far, but it's, just taking a walk, you know, along a barcadero and seeing the boats, and it's that's really where people get their best ideas. And it's you have to be out of your surroundings and push yourself outside that comfort zone.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the hustle in New York is great, but it's also super distracting. And I had the same thing where I I never even thought about like what I actually wanted to be doing. I was just so in the mode. of you get up, you get on the subway, like you said, I'm on my phone on the subway. I'm on my phone walking to the office, and then you just do it all over again, and you yes. just never have time to yourself to just think. So. Yeah. Even if you're walking down the street, you're like in Times Square. <laughs> like, there are lights everywhere. Like you're, you're just trying to get through the sidewalk. You're not thinking and, you know, pondering life. But I agree. Even though San Francisco is a city, like there are so many pockets where you can just walk in silence and look at the water. So true.
1: So true. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so what books are you reading? Okay, so the first book that I decided to read in this, you know, one book a week uh, concept that I've instituted for myself and I'm holding Mm -hmm. myself to it is I read Undaunted by Kara Golden. Mm -hmm. So she is the founder and CEO of Hintwater and also based in San Francisco, incredible fiery redhead as well. So I loved that. I really love reading and hearing from and connecting with female solopreneurs so, and I know you have a lot of female solopreneurs mm-hmm. on your show as well, which is is just so exciting to see because I know what it's like to be a part of a founding team and what it's like to have people to bounce ideas off of. It is so different to be, in this vacuum by yourself. You need to go out and find those connections and make it happen. So, you know, I have just so many female solopreneur friends who we are just are on speed dial. We're, you know, like, take a look at this packaging. What do you think about this? What do you think about this email? You know, what what do you think about Expo West? Like constantly talking to solopreneurs because they basically become like an extension of your, your entrepreneurial family. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the food and bev space is so helpful and not shy and willing to help each other which is just great. So I love when my female founders are like, what do you think about this opportunity? Like, should I be a part of it? Like, how are your experiences? That's what's so needed because they're kind of like your little advisory board. And when you're, when you're doing this yourself, it's so, it's so nice to be able to be nimble and make decisions yourself, but it's so nice to be able to go to someone and bounce ideas off of them.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Well, if you want to send any of them my way, I would be happy to talk about them it. as well.
1: Yes. <laughs> awesome. yes. Oh, and then I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off on so many tangents. I have so oh, many exciting things to care about with you. this I'm, I just, I love the podcast so much. Um, I also read Supermaker by Jamie Schmidt, who was another female solopreneur. Um, and she is, was the founder and CEO of Schmidt's Naturals, which sold to Unilever for a hundred million dollars. So she is incredible. Just all women that I aspire to. And now I'm reading a Book called This Is Marketing. Um, I read a book called Profit First. So I'm really trying to just diversify my experiences. And I, I, the reason I I did this was because I felt like I was on my phone too much, and I still am. I'm pretty much, you know, I'm on Instagram or TikTok or creating some type of content or Pinterest, pretty much all the time for the business, and I love it. But I do sometimes, occasionally, feel like my brain is going to mush after watching the same TikTok dance thirty million times. So (laughs) I said, you know what? I need to start reading again and I am loving it. So even if it's like 20 pages at night before I go to bed, it's, that would have been 20 minutes that I was just aimlessly scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, not actually doing anything. So it really has been time that I've gotten back in my day.
0: So. oh, that's amazing. Well, um, I don't know if you've read How I Built This by Guy Raz. It's a podcast. He wrote a book about it, but that I that was one of my favorite books this year about entrepreneurship. Oh my goodness.
1: It. Okay. It is on my list to order next. So my husband's really funny because he'll he'll order everything from Amazon. I'll give him a list of, of 10 books. And he's like, Are you really gonna read all these? And I'm like I already read four, so <laughs> I, it's, it's happening. So I will definitely, I love Guy Raz, love the podcast also. Um, so I, I would definitely have to read that book next, putting it on the queue.
0: It's great. There's so many great stories. We quote it all the time. I'm like, I feel like when you just throw yourself into this world, you just pick up so many things. Like I'm constantly like quoting all these entrepreneurs to people. <laughs> I love like, it. how do you know all this? I love it. Um, and then do you have any podcasts that you love? Oh my
1: goodness. Where, where do, where do I start? So I, well, obviously I love, love the lit up with low podcast. Oh, thanks. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know, I literally could pull out my phone. I, I'm really subscri- I'm, uh, subscribed to about 75 to 100 podcasts That's right amazing. now. And it's, it's really funny on Instagram, I, I put out a poll that, you know, I, I want more podcasts to listen to. What do you recommend? And, you know, so many of our customers and Instagram followers were recommending just a bunch of different things. So I do listen to How I Built This. I, I love the Almost 30 podcast. I love that. So Retrograde. I love a lot of food beverage podcasts specifically in the retail space so I listen to Food Biz Wiz which is with Ali Ball here in San Francisco so really just a diverse array of podcasts so I I kind of I'd like to model the business off of different industries because I think sometimes it's really challenging in food and bev you get caught up with okay so here's here's my food business and I have to go through a distributor, which uh, we will definitely be going into distribution, like that, it's going to happen. But there's so many other things in the world of direct-to-consumer that's just so captivating and exciting. And that's really where the true essence of the brand is because that's where your, your storytelling is. That's where you're building out your website. So I listened to the unofficial Shopify podcast that really it does website teardowns. You know, it really helps you tell your story better, helps you convert customers better, do customer service better. So all of these things to really help improve our direct-to-consumer experience, those are the podcasts I listen to the most for business purposes. But really, at the end of the day, my favorite ones to listen to are podcasts where they're basically interviewing female entrepreneurs that have made it because it Mm -hmm. is so – and made it, I'm going to put that in air quotes – or are doing it, right? Are are really doing this journey that is – Like I had mentioned before, it's a roller coaster, not always glamorous, but there's these moments in the day that could be so, so high. And then literally you could have moments that are so, so low, like 10 minutes later. So it's, it's really cool to hear people's stories. And that is something that's very motivating to me.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It's so motivating to me. I, I tell my fiance all the time. I'm like... I think I'm just going to start a company because I talk to so many people, they make it seem so easy, even though I know it's not, but it's just like, the more you expose yourself to like the same kind of story, same kind of person, you're like, yeah, I pretty much know what to do. <laughs> I
1: love it. And it's, it's true. You, you've learned so much and mm-hmm. there's just something, there is something so beautiful about starting something from scratch. And I think that's, that's why I love the startup world of being mm-hmm. able to build something from nothing and see people fall in love with it. There's just something so beautiful about it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And how cool is it like hearing your sponsorship on Almost 30? It's one of the podcasts you listen to.
1: (laughs) It's so, it's so cool. It's, and it's actually sometimes I'm listening. Like yesterday, we sponsored one of the episodes and I didn't even realize. I was like, wait a second, that's us. Like even in also yesterday, I was reading an email that was a newsletter that I subscribed to and I was like, that's, that's BTR bars. Like our picture is, is there. And it was for an an advertisement for pop-up grocer and we are one of the brands in pop-up grocer, but it was just so cool to see us. And this morning I opened my email and I was like, Oh, this is an article about the shroom boom. I'm I'm excited to read this about functional mushrooms. And we were one of the brands that was featured. So So it's, it's really, it's this flywheel in 2021. I think, you know, it's very easy to get discouraged, especially, you know, you make a website, you have beautiful packaging and you think the people will come. They won't come unless you bring them. So there's so much that goes into that. And, you know, I think this is really an opportunity for entrepreneurs to, to learn that in the beginning, it's you're going to have those hardships. You're going to have those challenges. But if you stop doing everything will stop in the business. And I think that that's the thing that I keep on. I I try to think about as, you know, if there's problems that arise, like just keep going, just keep doing, like if you're doing things and obviously not just like busy work, but really thinking about those big ideas and thinking about what's next, constantly trying to innovate that will keep the company moving. And once you pick up this flywheel, it, it, you're picking up this momentum like a snowball and it's, it's hard to stop. And that's, that's the really exciting part. And for us, it's, it's a great thing, but we're actually constantly out of stock where our biggest issue right now is really just being able to keep up with demand. Mm-hmm. We work with a co-packer, we work with very specific, super high quality ingredient suppliers. So we, can't just be like, okay, I'm going to source from this other cashew butter company. Like it's so specific. So that's really, you know, what has been the biggest challenge is we have all this momentum. We have a over 150 person wait list for our dark chocolate brownie bar. That's been out of stock for three weeks and coming back into stock in the next two weeks, which is exciting, but it's really, really challenging inventory.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sure. Um, Wow. Well, so You have so much going on. Do you have a morning routine to stay on top of your day? Good question. I, my morning
1: routine is pretty loose. It's the, the most important part of the morning routine for me is playing with my dog. So that is critical. So Bubba gets first preference in the morning. Um so we you know literally just hugs and kisses and take him out for his walk and then as soon as that's done I hit the computer. So usually um I've been waking up anywhere between like 6:30 and 7:30. I like to be at my computer answering emails around 7:30. So that's really the time that I spend with Bubba, I'll spend with my husband and that's that's like that's our time together. And then I'll take one other break during the day usually and that's for a walk at some point. Even if it's just a walk to the post office to drop off some products. Uh that's it's usually um that's usually the walk at this point is we were making so many runs to the post office and FedEx and UPS, they know us all by first name. So, <laughs> but that's a, a great way for me to at least get some vitamin D, get some sunlight and really be able to do my thinking on on the walk. But yeah, morning routine is pretty simple. Um I don't drink coffee, so I, I I don't drink anything with caffeine. So I literally just try to load up with water in the morning and just get going.
0: It, is that like for a specific reason that you don't drink caffeine?
1: Caffeine makes me super jittery. Mm-hmm. It's, I used to drink coffee. So at the previous startup, I could not function for eight a seven, 8.00 AM meetings without my coffee, but I would crash. It was bad. I, and I felt the jitters. Like, I, I don't know if you've, uh, if you have any caffeine sensitivities, but I remember it would be like nine 30 and I'd be like shaking. And I thought it was maybe because I was excited about it. What I was, what, what I was sharing about, but after a while, I realized when I cut out the coffee, it wasn't that it was literally, I was shaking because I was drinking caffeine and it was not even super strong coffee. This was like Starbucks coffee. So it yeah, me and caffeine don't agree very well. So Mm. that's why none of the bars have caffeine in them at the moment. Um, we do have had some, we've had some requests for a mocha chip bar. So it might be in the works because I do know that caffeine is important for some people's routines. So I want to make sure we're really hitting that and making sure that we're satisfying everyone's snacking routine throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm all about like natural sources of caffeine because I was like a soda, a diet soda addict. And I think- Half of it was just, I needed like caffeine in the middle of the day. And now I've found like, right now I'm drinking, I don't know if you've had these, but the Olipop love it. Yes. They're, they're great. And it's like, it is, it's like my soda, but I was like addicted to diet Coke and would drink it all day. And now I've cut it since like end of last year. Um, and I just feel so much better. And I just realized it's like, it's one, it's caffeine. And two, I just like something fizzy after lunch. Like I I can, I can replace that.
1: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Alipop is such a great brand and this is, Mm -hmm. that's the, it goes back to the branding and the storytelling and they have such a strong story and the brand is so beautiful and the website is so beautiful. Their email marketing campaigns, like those are the brands that we aspire to. The beverage space is just doing so well. Mm -hmm. I think food, food is a little bit slower. I think people are more responsive to, functional ingredients in beverages. So whereas functional ingredients in food, the first thing people think about in food is it has to taste good. And sometimes when people are like, wait, you're, you have mushrooms in your product, like how can that taste good? And that's why we have very specific mushrooms with very specific flavor profiles. Like cordyceps is, you know, a little bit nuttier. So it goes in our cinnamon bar. So it, it's it's really, really the, the, the iterations and the amount of work in the kitchen to make sure that the flavor profiles are absolutely perfect. Oh my goodness. In beverage, I know it's challenging, but in food, it's like, I feel like it's a hundred times more challenging.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I try to make adaptogenic granola and it was like so earthy. I was like, we need to like change the ratio here.
1: And that's it. And I think, I think the earthiness is good. I think there are some people who love the earthiness, right? Like we have maca in one of our, in two of our bars, you know, it can definitely taste Earthy, so the ratios are really important, but also like what's going to be the key dominant flavor profile. So you know, in our dark chocolate bar, it's cacao. That's the most forward mm-hmm. ingredient. So making sure that everything can be I don't want to say hidden, but everything can kind of sink and flow synonymously with the cacao is so critical. And that's kind of how we think of each of the each of the flavors is like function and flavor go together. It's not like one is more important than the other.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, you probably already know my last question since you or a fan of the show, but, um, my last question, uh, what is your gift? Okay. So
1: I have had so many, I was thinking about how I wanted to answer (laughs) this. And I think my gift, I think it very, it goes along with my, what my purpose is. And I think at the end of the day, it actually doesn't really have much to do with the business. It has to do with this ability to make people feel special And that is something I've taken with me, and I I recognize this a lot when I was in my grad school program, is I worked, so I totally left this out of the equation. I was actually in education for many years, and my master's is actually in counseling. And I've really taken a lot of what I've learned from those years working with college students and making sure that every interaction that i have with someone i'm trying to bring value to them because that's what that's what we care about on a daily basis is really being able to feel like our lives are being enriched by, by by something else that someone is bringing to us so i really feel like the gift that i'm bringing is making sure that people feel special with every interaction and i try to do that in the business as well so you know if someone direct messages us on instagram we get hundreds of direct messages and if you're listening to this and I haven't answered your direct message yet, it's coming. Don't worry. Um, I really try to engage with the person as opposed to kind of just like hearting it because I know what that feels like when I you know write this beautiful message to someone that I you know admire or to a brand that I'm excited to partner with. And they'll just be like heart. I'm like, okay, I, I mean, totally get it because we're busy. I mean, we're just so busy. So I'm just appreciative of the heart. That's great. But I really try to take it to the next level. And like, let me get to know you. So like, you know, I introduce myself to everyone on Instagram. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm the chief snack officer. Like, I really want to make people feel like I, a special. I, I feel like is one of those words, like unique. Like, I feel like it's a little overused, but I, I was so trying to think about this before coming onto the podcast. And that's really, I guess, what, what I'll settle on is I really feel like my gift to this world is to make people feel like they are special and that they have something to bring, that they need to find their purpose. Cause that's what it's about. It's, and it goes back to finding your purpose and figuring out what you want to do with your life to make the most of our time here.
0: That's so s- special. I agree. No, that is your gift. I, well, that's one reason I started the podcast is because I realized I, I, after 2020, I'm done having like surface level conversations. Like Mm -hmm. we're just talking about the weather or or what do you do? I'm like, I'm just ready to go in and go Mm -hmm. in deep. And like, I feel like every person I bring on, I like get to know them super well in an hour because I'm just like, I just want to go there with you and like, learn about what is your purpose? Do you know it? And that's why I ask that question. And I think it's awesome that you're spending so much time talking to people on Instagram because it sets you apart. I mean, the people that I'm constantly talking about to others are the ones who are like, even with like 500,000 followers or whatever, like they're writing to me and actively getting to know me and I really sets them apart. So, and it sets you apart, so that's awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's. I, I think that. Yeah, it really comes back to purpose, and I think we'll probably have to, especially like protein bar with a purpose. There's more storytelling to come. I think you know, as the as the company grows and mm-hmm. as I'm able to start hiring people and who really believe in this vision of being bold, tenacious, and resilient, it's just gonna grow to be this this big empire of people who just want to fulfill their purpose and help everyone else fulfill their purpose and snack more mindfully.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great talking to you and best of luck. I'm I'm so excited to try the bars.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Lauren. I can't wait to hear your feedback. It was such an
0: honor to be here. Thank you so much for listening to Lit Up With Low. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to head to iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe. This is how the show grows. If you want to connect with Ashley, head to at btr.bar on Instagram and make sure you order some bars online at www.eatbtrbar.com. Thanks again. I will talk to you soon.